Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Man, oh man, what a time to be a college football fan. Obviously, we have been used to in our lifetime this portion of February being a very big news cycle. It's typically in the old days, it was the only day in which players signed their letters of intent. So National Signing Day has been chaotic for a long time. But what we've seen unfold around college ball over the course of the last 24, 36, 48 hours is really unlike anything that's ever occurred before. And I think what we're watching in real time are very smart, very accomplished people, successful, the top of their profession, having to learn to navigate something that's brand new on the fly. And I think that different coaches are seemingly taking a different tact with all of this. And and it seems like new things are being thrown at them continuously. We're going to do our part here over the course of time. And I mean, today's show to get into as much of this as we possibly can and some of the traditional things that you sort of expect to do in a show like this recapping the guys that georgia did sign yesterday a lot of that's actually going to probably be pushed to tomorrow because we have something kind of land at our doorstep here this morning now this was not unanticipated during our video comment section time and probably during our podcast cool down as well over the course of the last few days it has come up from time to time the rumor that lt overton lebius overton the number one player in the state consensus wise from the class of 2023 a defensive lineman from milton high school was going to reclassify to 2022 that had been rumored for a while it has now happened let me show you overton here on twitter hayes fawcett the artist here from on three puts the graphic together uh five star levius overton down to five schools and reclassifying to 2022 the finalist list here isn't as interesting as the fact that what was a top 2023 player now becomes a top 2022 recruit uh, and you see the top five here of Oregon, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Ohio State. And it certainly seems that while the other three schools would get the attention, this kind of comes down to a battle between Georgia and Texas A&M in Georgia's backyard. Georgia, obviously, reigning national champion, for firmly, fully established recruiting power, but now being forced to deal with the Texas A&M team that has been rumored, and I'm going to use that word in pretty bold print here, rumored to be using a lot of name, image, likeness, revenue, payment opportunities for its players to put together what was not just the number one class in the country here this year, but by the 24-7 sports consensus, the number one class of all time, besting Alabama, who uh, set that mark a year ago with its 2021 class. That's where the, all this is, is you got a guy in Overton who's going to be a huge prospect for the class of 2023. He's moving, would be moving into a senior season next year at the end of his junior season now saying i'm actually going to put together my course credits i'm going to graduate high school and i'm going to go somewhere to be on campus for this upcoming fall and a lot of folks think it kind of comes down to georgia and texas a&m and a lot of folks think a&m is aided by the name image likeness opportunities that have been rumored to help it put together uh the rest of its 2022 class thus far so I want to spend some time here over the course of the next few minutes talking about what coaches are saying about all of this. Now, this is not in direct relationship to the Overton situation, but it certainly plays off of that. It certainly becomes a a peg for getting this conversation more deeply because Kirby Smart yesterday was asked, 
kind of an open-ended question related to really any recruit in the class of 2022 of how much you think name image likeness opportunities are impacting the decisions that recruits are making right now now a&m wasn't mentioned by name by the questioner nor does kirby smart mention a&m by name in his answer but clearly the a&m situation number one class all the rumors that have been swirling that's kind of the cloud that hangs over all of this. So with Georgia about to do battle with A&M and in the minds of some, maybe even an underdog to A&M because Overton was just in College Station this past weekend. This is Kirby Smart acknowledging that those payment opportunities for players are are, are, are greatly impacting the way in which recruits are making their decision right now. This is Kirby Smart. It's extremely tangible. I mean, it is uh, it's like like you mentioned, we can't set that up. We can't the sell. For, for what we're at least what I'm finding in recruiting is it used to be you sold um, championships, you sold um, maybe facilities development certainly was a primary sell. Um, now development has taken a step back, which it shouldn't, it shouldn't. And uh, facilities, academics, what we can do for you life after football, um, th- those things have taken a back burner to, 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 to NIL for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, once you explain to, to kids that, you know, we, we can't set that up, we can't promise that, but what people are doing is they're validating their NIL by showing what their current roster makes and showing what their uh, current players are able to do. And the more marketable their players, the more the dollar signs uh, fall in uh, these, these young kids' and parents' minds. So I think that's really interesting from Smart on a number of fronts. And I think one of the things that he touches on there – and. You know, I always feel like I run the risk of sounding like the oldest guy in the world, as Terrence Edwards has, has said before, the kind of the old man on the porch when I say this. But I do believe there is an essence of what Smart says there that's undeniably true, and I hope that folks pay attention to this. That if you're trading development, growing as a player, even growing as a man, if you're trading that for the short-term gain of NIL opportunities, you're making an awful trade. Uh, I heard an athlete the other day, and I forget who this was, but it was it was a phrase that stuck out to me to quote he was talking about generational wealth that that when you sign the big contract in professional sports you're signing for something that can take care of you remember rod tidwell from uh uh, uh jerry Maguire who said i'm going to take care of me and mine for a long time to come that's what these big professional sports contracts provide you the opportunity for generational wealth there is nobody making generational wealth when it comes to nil i mean to be honest with you even a seven figure sum that some of these guys have been rumored to get when you start talking about stretching that out to you and your kids or you and the generations older than you that money goes away pretty fast when you start talking about paying a uh you know the freight for an entire family here that if you want generational wealth that's the kind of thing you're going to get in the nfl or some sort of a professional endeavor beyond that that's not the kind of thing that you're going to really get in the nil world and that kind of long-range thinking i hope players understand is going to serve them better than the sort of short-term thinking of which cash grab can i get right now because if you do take that at the expense of growing as a man growing your body from a physical presence growing as a player then over the course of the long haul you are just leaving a lot of the money on the table i know that's not a very fashionable thing to say right now but it is no less true now kirby smart in the midst of talking about this also got even more pointed with his remarks and i'm actually really glad that smart said this because this is one of those things we've talked about in this show quite a bit that what people say on the record and what people say off the record are oftentimes very different in the world of college football and there are all these rumors that come up about all of these huge payments so-and-so are getting 
And when you're hearing these rumors, it's like a telephone game, and you're a player on whatever roster, maybe it's the Georgia roster or anything else, I think it becomes very easy to feel like you live in a world where everybody's getting more money than you are. And it becomes very easy as, oh, remember, what was it, uh, uh, the A&M assistant the other day that was talking about, uh, Antonio Cromartie talking about everybody worried about what's in everybody else's pockets. Well, it's hard not to worry about what's in somebody else's pockets from an NIL standpoint when all these rumors exist about who's getting what and how much they're getting and the fact that some coaches at times seem to be okay with these rumors rumors running wild if they think it helps them and then they want to kind of pull back on some of that kind of stuff once they think it starts to hurt them a little bit that that this kind of stuff is pretty crazy right now and so much of what's being discussed from the NL standpoint is just totally unsubstantiated so I was actually really glad yesterday that Kirby in the midst of the comments you just heard also took it up a notch by really kind of pointing out just how fake some of this news might actually be for lack of a better phrase this is more from Kirby Smart Um, and I think sometimes they're getting misled into the numbers that are actually out there. Um, and it becomes propaganda, uh, which recruiting is always propaganda, right? It's how you use it. But uh, the sell, when you're selling the development of a young man from Jordan Davis and you're selling the look what he became, that's much more enjoyable to sell that story than to sell what he made in NIL, you know, because you, you number one, you can't guarantee that. Number two, uh, to each kid, it may it may apply differently. Some guys are at developmental positions and they're going to have to work really hard. But I'm not of the opinion kids should be making decisions based on that. And you're probably recruiting the wrong guy if that's all they're making their decision based on. So I think a lot of colleges are having to look inside out at who they recruit and why they recruit them because 10% of these kids we're all going to recruit. They're the, they're the best of the best. It's the next group that you better be careful who you're recruiting because they're going to make up a majority of your roster. So when I hear that, and obviously I'm a Georgia fan, this is kind of a Georgia show done for Georgia fans, so it's easy to take the pro-Georgia stance. That's a pretty safe place to stand on a show like this. I, I, I totally acknowledge that. But I really like what Kirby Smart's saying there. To me, what Smart is saying to my ears sounds as much like the truth as anybody in this discussion right now that this sounds like the kind of thing a Georgia fan like me wants to hear the coach of Georgia saying that there is something to be said for maybe moving off a a, a bit from the guys who are only worried about name image likeness and when you look at a guy like Jordan Davis who coming out of high school would probably not be in a position to really cash in on NIL very much but you look at the money he's about to make at the NFL level as a player do you want to be Jordan Davis I think you should hope to be because he's going to make a lot more money over the long run than somebody is from some you know small scale NIL you know you know payment situation but beyond that having a team that's that's committed to growing developing getting better that's still going to be the recipe for winning more so than anything else we talked about this the other day that the kirby doctrine if it exists is take talented players make them tougher take talented players make them better that's still the recipe for all of this and if all of a sudden the influence of nil the kind of marketing hang on or guys who help facilitate these deals if all of a sudden that becomes some sort of buffer some sort of go-between that prevents the coach from taking a talented player making him better making him tougher making him more ready for the nfl then not only does the player in question suffers but the sport overall suffers by the uh, undue influence of folks that haven't been fully vetted as well as a lot of these coaches have been and that's i'm i'm, I'm sort of glad to hear kirby smart speaking up on that and, and then beyond that there's this 
Look, I've never pretended to be a newsman. Every now and then I like to kind of pretend to be the newsman. I kind of pop the papers on the desk and I go into like anchor voice. Um, but I've never pretended to be a newsman. For the most part, this is not really a news show. We react to news, but I don't report news. I'm not really a journalist. That's not really the, the world in which, in which I live in. But I do know a lot of journalists. I work with some journalists. And what I would say is, is we're in a desperate need for some journalism right now. We're in a desperate need for somebody to address the point that Kirby Smart brings up. That there's propaganda out there of exaggerated claims about how much money you might be able to make in NIL. Now, in some cases, all of these claims may not be exaggerated, but in other cases, maybe they are. One way or another, the truth is really hard to discern about what really is going on here. Because in light of what we said at the top of the show, it seems like George and Tech A&M are about to do battle over a newly you know, reclassified 2022 recruit, Lebius Overton, and Kirby Smart clearly acknowledges that NIL is playing a factor in a lot of these decisions. You would presume Overton's as well. And there are a lot of Georgia fans who think the deck is now stacked against their favorite team because of all the money that uh, Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies are allegedly throwing around. And yesterday when, when Fisher, uh, uh, you know, took the podium to address you know, post-National Signing Day, he took some of those rumors that have been thrown at his feet head on, including the one you may have heard about, uh, about the notion that there's somehow this $30 million pool of money put together and this whole grand plan orchestrated to acquire recruits and then keep them on campus and all the stuff that's out there. Uh, Jimbo Fisher apparently has heard that rumor as well and had a pretty strong retort to that yesterday. This is Jimbo, the Aggies coach. There is no $30 million fund. There is no $5 million. There is no 10 This is garbage, okay? And it does. It pisses me off that people, and here it comes from a site called Bro Bible by a guy named Slice Bread. Then everybody runs with it. So it's written on the internet as gospel. How irresponsible is that? And then to have coaches in our league and across this league say it, clown acts. All right? Irresponsible as hell. Multiple coaches in our league. And the guy's griping about NIL, griping about transfer portal, using it the most and bragging about it the most. That's the ironic part. You want character? I'll test. I'll take it with any of y'all. It's a joke. So a lot of folks have pointed this out, that what Jimbo says there, and I'm not, I don't have time to play this clip for you, but what Jimbo says there is way different than what Jimbo said back in December. Remember the clip we played for you that time of, you know, Jimbo like, yeah, we're going to use an NIL. You know, this kind of stuff's been going on for a long time. Now it's just legal. So that's what Jimbo said back then. But what he says yesterday is more along the lines of, you know, there's no $30 million fund and all this kind of stuff is untrue. And, and Jimbo's right. The whole bro Bible thing, like I've never seen, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, sort of a joke website like bro Bible get more, you know, uh, credible uh, conversation than it's generated. Message board posts kind of gotten the same thing. I've never seen that kind of thing happen as much as it has with that ridiculous bro bible post that's been cited by people as if it were somehow the gospel truth so jimbo fisher is right about that but a lot of people point out that even the tone though has changed with fisher a bit compared to what he was saying at one point in time about the role that nil plays in all of this and here's one thing you need to understand listen i'm not a lawyer there are way people there are people who are way smarter than me that can talk more um, expertly than i can on this but in most cases the states that raced out in front to get a name image likeness law on the books were doing so to try to give the schools in their state an advantage because at one point in time it was thought that you needed a law in place 
to circumvent, I guess is the right word to use, the NCAA sanctions and overseeing of this because the NCAA was dragging its feet. The NCAA was obviously against most of these kinds of payments at one point in time. And so the thought was, well, if you've got a law on the book in your state, I think California led the way on this initially, but down here in our world, it was like Florida going first and Georgia, Texas, teams like, states like that kind of coming in behind. The thought was you need the NIL law in place so that you can circumvent, you know, navigate around whatever NCAA rules might be in place. And most of the state laws, my understanding is, that were written were written that these NIL payments had to be a true marketing agreement. You had to be paid for a marketing type service and it could not be a straight pay for play situation. It couldn't be a simple enticement to come to the school. That means that you couldn't negotiate and sign the deal until after you were already on campus. And it couldn't be just simply payment for playing the sport. And so when Jimbo Fisher denies what he denies there, when Deion Sanders denies what he denied related to Travis Hunter, I think some of that is probably denial on advice from legal counsel, because even if the states involved don't really want to enforce the law, and in some cases, like Florida, for instance, you're even seeing some work being done to change their law to kind of make it a little more open for true pay for play. But on advice of legal counsel, some of these coaches are probably, you know, uh, acting like they're not doing any of this kind of stuff right now because it's never a good idea to openly acknowledge breaking a state law, even if it's a state law that's not going to be really enforced. As I said before, there are smarter people than me, but that's the general sense that I get around that. But even with that, if we say Jimbo's got a reason to lie, we don't know how much of a lie this really is or how much of the truth really is because we don't truly know how much any of these A&M players have gotten in the past. Kirby Smart says, the amount of money may be exaggerated. Jimbo Fisher says it's greatly exaggerated, but nobody seems to be saying it doesn't exist at all. So what does all this mean for the recruitment of uh, Lebius Overton? It's about to be very interesting on these fronts in this state and around the rest of the sport of college football. Is all the big names yesterday sounding off in a huge way on the subject of NIL and recruiting. And here today on our program, we're only getting started playing some of that for you. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Uh, presented today by our friends at Merriweather and Tharp. Good to have you with us. Whether you join us 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, 9.45 a.m. for our first and 15 on dognation.com and on the Dog Nation app. However you get to us, appreciate you being with us here today. Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, podcast form, wherever you find them. Apple, Spotify, uh, all kinds of platforms there. Post and show at the world famous uh, dognation.com. Either way, I'm just really happy to have you as a part of the program. And a big thanks to our friends at Merriweather and Tharp for making it all possible. You know, college football conversations are fun. The divorce conversation that you may find yourself having right now is admittedly a lot less fun, but it is certainly very important, especially if you feel like in this new season of this new year, it's time to really think about a relationship that truly is severed beyond repair. Maybe you've tried to do that. Maybe you've done what you can do, but you just simply don't have uh, that option left for you. The relationship is just over. If that's what you have determined, then I think it's important to understand the way in which the law impacts you as you get ready to, to move through that. There are things you need to know. There are advantages you can gain in terms of setting yourself up for success and what comes next for you in life by understanding how the divorce process impacts you, finances, relationship with children, all of that. And the great news is at Meriwether and Tharp, a lot of this can actually be started before you even make contact with them. You can go to their website, theatlantadivorceteam.com. That's theatlantadivorceteam.com. You can listen to some podcasts. You can read some blog posts. You can really acquaint yourself. And one of the things I think about 
those kinds of free resources is, it probably actually sets you up to ask really good questions because the next step for you is going to be to have a free initial consultation with one of their attorneys. And when you've explored the website a bit, when you've kind of read and, and listened to some of the things that are out there, then when you have that conversation, I think you're well prepared to get the most out of that opportunity. And you're going to tell them your story, they're going to listen to your story, and then they're going to give you, I think, some really sound advice as to what needs to come next. So make sure you check them out online, theatlantadivorceteam.com, theatlantadivorceteam.com. Meriwether and Tharp is your source for Georgia divorce. All right, I'm going to get uh, Terrence Edwards here coming up in a moment. We'll do a Marlowe's Tavern Insider update with him. Looking forward to that. Let me do a brief around the doghouse before we get there because I do want to give you one more thing from Kirby Smart before we bring on Terrence, which I thought was really interesting. You know, we just heard from Smart talking about the tangible way that name image likeness is impacting recruiting right now. Uh, But Smart was also asked yesterday, well, how about the fact that you just won the national championship? How much of a tangible impact does that make? How, how much did that kick in doors for you in the recruiting process, knowing that all these recruits that come for their official visits, they're all posing with the national championship trophy. They're all you know doing those kinds of fun things. Uh, apparently, we don't have that uh, clip to play, so uh, that is my bad. But the point is, as, as Smart said, actually right now, you've got a lot more folks just uh, kind of concerned about other things, more so than national championships right now. So uh, interesting stuff from uh, Kirby Smart on that. I'll play that for you tomorrow. Apologize for not having that right now why don't we just go ahead and get ready to bring on terrence edwards we're running a little bit late anyway we'll get ready to bring him on as a marlowe's tavern insider update uh and uh, i'm curious to hear what terrence says about this because listen one of the things that terrence does is you know he has kind of the perspective here of a uh, of a former coach he's he's kind of the person i should say former player he's the kind of person that kind of understands the way in which um this impacts the players that are playing the sport when you hear a lot of these coaches who are critical of the name image likeness stuff it's obviously not lost on us these are guys who are making a lot of money already in the sport of football the players themselves not getting a chance to do that so i think that terrence's perspective on this is going to be pretty interesting as someone who understands the coaching side of it but also understands the player side of it so we'll look forward to hearing that from terrence and then before we're done later on you know while i kind of did a side-by-side comparison a moment ago of kirby smart and and jimbo fisher the actual truth is is that the big square off yesterday was with between Jimbo, some of the things that he was saying, some of the things that Alabama coach Nick Saban told ESPN, and really Lane Kiffin there as well. And so before we're done today, I want to get a little bit more deeply into that, the way in which that back and forth occurred. And I think there's one thing that Jimbo Fisher said yesterday, even if you kind of don't necessarily buy into all that he's saying from a NIL standpoint right now, I think there's something that he said yesterday that I just believe is undeniably true. And I think in one respect, he kind of put Nick Saban in his place in a way that I thought was uh, very well justified and, and very well done. So we'll hear that coming up in a moment as the NIL conversation continues to dominate everything going on around the sport today. So that's coming up in a moment but for now Lebius Overton reclassifies Georgia added another wide receiver to its class yesterday NIL stuff swirling around all over the place let's get some insight on it all it's Terrence Edwards former great Georgia wide receiver it's a Marlowe's Tavern insider update let's talk to him right now from Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a dognation.com insider all right we'll say hello to Terrence Edwards great voice to talk to about anything going on around the uh, sport of college football and this is certainly one of those times when there is a lot going on so Terrence if you don't mind let me begin with the news that was off the top of the program 
LT Overton, impressive five-star defensive lineman in the class of 2023, reclassifies the class of 2022. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can take this conversation. But one of the things I said off the top of the program is this position, defensive line, where you know your physical age, your physical maturity, where it matters so much – I guess part of me wonders, is it really a good idea for a defensive lineman to be reclassifying? Would you mind if we just start right there first? I mean, what do you think of a, a big guy like this accelerating his process this much? Well, it's, it's kind of tough because, uh, you know, as a receiver, as a quarterback, just the physical aspect of the game is a little different. Uh, now, you know, LT Overton is going to go in, in, in the trenches where the game is, is won and lost. And now you coming in as a, I don't know how old he is, could be 17, 18, but uh, one more year of development strength-wise in high school could be beneficial to him. But I think now people are just trying to accelerate to get to uh, whatever they're trying to get to. Is that the NFL, the NIL money, college football, like whatever their, their reason is, are, uh, I just like enjoying being a kid. I, I, would, I could not have passed up opportunity with my uh, fellow Washington County Golden Hall to miss out on my senior season. We put too much work in and we won three state championships in the, in the midst of that. So I wouldn't and I couldn't imagine rushing the process to uh, leave my, my brothers in, in Tennessee. Terrence, I think that's such a good point and I guess I would hope that a lot of players would consider that that man if you're leaving you know high school to go to college getting some sort of nil deal and we'll certainly get there when it comes to this man it better be a lot of money i mean if you're selling your senior year which is what this really is you're you know potentially selling your senior year those kinds of memories those kinds of even away from football stuff the chance to go to prom and all that kind of stuff i mean i know that may seem you know corny and hokey but trust me when i tell you i mean those are lifelong memories that that are, are a part of your story not just as a football player but as a human being which is frankly you know far more important than just what happens between the white lines of a football field if you're selling all of that boy you better be selling that for a bunch of money oh correct i mean i, I think the quarterback out of texas last year who skipped his senior season to go to ohio state now who's back at texas uh that was one of the, the best times of my life you know outside of uh getting married the birth of my kids my senior high school was probably next in line uh, i enjoyed my times at georgia but that's home. That's my home school. That's the people that I played peewee football with all the way up to high school. And I couldn't imagine leaving those guys, when, especially having the team that we had come back for my senior season, the favorite to win the, the double-A championship, played Reggie Brown in the state championship game, and being able to accomplish winning 30 straight games for my junior and senior year. Like, those are memories that we still talk about today. And I've been out of high school almost 25 years. So – I, I was able to do it. I don't understand it, but for whatever reason, you know, it's a different time, different day. So let me move on to to this part of this, and the Overton story is a part of this, and then a lot of the other things that have happened over the course of the last you know few weeks, few months seem to factor into this too. The fact that Kirby Smart openly acknowledged yesterday that name, image, likeness, payment opportunities are a big thought in the minds of a lot of players. A lot of folks have rumored that that's how A and M put together this not just number one class, but by you know 24 7 sports consensus the highest rated class of all time and you know i think for a lot of us this represents a concern now the one thing i try to be fair about is is that listen coach have been making millions of dollars for a long time you know all of a sudden now i i do get the the, the way that it sounds that 
suddenly the players give a chance to maybe cash in a, a little bit and all of a sudden it starts to feel like well it's now now all of a sudden it's a problem for people like i am aware of what comes across a little bit of hypocrisy for, with that I, I am i'm at least aware of that even if i do find myself probably coming down on the more traditional side of things i'm at least aware of how the hypocrisy might sound but but you're an interesting guy on this because you are a coach you've been a player you are very close as a mentor with with current players what do you think of the way in which name image likeness is is, is impacting the sport right now uh i have a different perspective on because i'm coming from always coming from the player and i love the players being able to use their name, likeness, and image. When I came out, DA, and people should understand this, I basically sold all my rights over to the University of Georgia once I signed my love intent. I couldn't make any money off my name. I couldn't sign my name and get paid for it. It's an NCAA violation. Like, I couldn't, I wasn't able to do any of those things that the kids are able to do now. And let's just be real here. This has been going on since the beginning of college football. Now it's just legal to do. Uh, let's take SMM back in the day when they got uh, kicked out of college football because of what they're doing, they programming. Let's not let's not think kids are, are not getting money even before kids are being bought to these schools. Let's, if you don't think kids that haven't been paid at all universities, universities, you, you're crazy. So now it's just legal to do, and other schools are taking advantage of it. Uh, I don't like the part of I can get it go to this school, then I, I get paid a certain amount of money. That seems a little cheap to me. Go to the school because you like it. You like the coach. It, it fits you. Uh, but it's, it's a new day and time, and now I think everyone is just going to have to adjust. The The bigger issue is the smaller schools, where the smaller schools have an opportunity to compete with the likes of Texas A&M, Texas, Georgia, Alabama, if this becomes the norm. With those other schools, be able to compete for the, the five-star guys, the four-star. No, they're going to have to be left with the, the third and fourth-tier guys, and that's the way they're going to have to build their program or build a program off the portal. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And, you know, you're Kirby Smart talk about, you know, what might be a level of, he calls it propaganda, of maybe exaggerated payments. And all of a sudden, you know, there are certain players, maybe on a roster somewhere, they're hearing all these rumors about so-and-so getting all this money. And, you know, so much of this is unsubstantiated. And I think that level of, un, uh, of you know, I think the lack of factual data is really causing a problem here because I do think that that's creating a, a level of unrest because you hear about so-and-so getting, you know, all this money, you know, the school that's reported to pay that, Jimbo Fisher, he's downplaying some of that. Kirby Smart, who's kind of maybe on the losing end of some of these recruits, is kind of downplaying some of this uh, a, a bit too. You know, what, what do you think about the fact that almost everything that exists in the arena of this conversation right now is all on the basis of rumor and innuendo and the fact that what people say off the record in some respects is very different than what they might say on the record? Correct. You know, do we know for certain that uh, Texas and they bought this class? I don't. I'm not going to cheapen their recruiting efforts. I'm not going to sit here and say, I totally believe there was $30 million that was paid out to these players. I truly don't believe that. Do I believe some money has been paid? Of course. I'm <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and be that naive that no school is, is not doing that in some capacity. Uh, but I'm not going to cheapen Texas and uh, what they did, what they were able to do with this class. Uh, but I'm also not going to sit here and not believe that some NIL deals was, was being broached and that's the reason they signed a, a few of those players because I looked at a stat today, you know, in, in the last five years, they only had like one or two five stars, or maybe even go back farther than that. 
uh, but they had they signed seven this year. Um, so we both we all know it's going on. It, is it going on to the extent that it's being reported? I don't believe that, but it, it is. I do believe uh, NIL deals and all other deals are being broached to these these athletes. So let me ask you this. And I know you touched on this a little bit, and then after this, we'll move on and talk about something different. But um, you know, as somebody that does act as a mentor for players, what is the advice that you give them when it comes to name, image, likeness opportunities? Now, you're not you know negotiating their business deals. I, I certainly understand that. But in terms of how they should be thinking about their own marketing potential and how they should be thinking about their own development potential as a player in in, in comparison to that you know marketing opportunity on the side, like how do you advise players in relationship to all this, and and how much of that kind of conversation are you having right now? Uh, honestly, I haven't had that conversation with any of the players that I've been involved with. Um, what I do involve myself is, is how this group's going to develop you on and off the field. You know, someone's getting, I'm not going to get into anyone, my kids' personal business, because that doesn't, that does it's, that's not my business. Uh, but what is, is testing that kid uh, throughout any situation that he needs my help with. I don't involve myself in those personal things. It's, it's not my business if someone wants to take some money for their family, what their family needs. I, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that with them because it's not me. I just help them when they when they ask. I would give my opinion, and I'm just looking at schools that develop a fed player on and off the field. Let me uh, shift gears to this before we let you go. Georgia added another receiver yesterday, and this had been a commit, obviously Dylan Bell out of Texas, but yesterday he became an official signee. How much have you seen uh, from Dylan, and what you have seen, what do you think about this late addition, at least from a signing standpoint, to the uh, Georgia 2022 class? Um, I watched the film, and I love this kid. This kid is very versatile. He's big. He's already 6'2", 2'11", and that's uh, a nice size. Uh, He brings a little bigger version to me of uh, Kieris. I I, I don't think he's at burner, but he does have uh, shiftiness to him. He can play the slot. He can play running back. He can play a lot of different positions and get his, and the coaches can get the ball in his hands in in various different ways. You know, at his high school, he had to play quarterback. He had to play running back. He had to play receiver. So he's used to being able to see the field from various different positions. And, uh, you know, that's what the game is going to right now. And I know uh, Debo Samuels Samu is, is basically one-on-one. I know there's Cardell Patterson, but I don't think Cardell Patterson is the, the receiver yeah. uh, Debo Samuels is. So I always call Debo a one-of-one. One. Uh, so if you can find a kid, a kid that is that versatile and you can get the ball in hands in all type of ways, uh, then as, as a play caller, it, it makes your, your job easier. And then I guess just to kind of finish off here, yeah, we've talked to you about the rest of this class for a while, and we I know you and I got into Nylon a good bit last week, but with Nylon and Cole Spear, with the rest of this class from a wide receiver standpoint, what's your overarching opinion uh, of, of this group? Oh, I love it. I love it. I could give you a story that uh, Robert was coaching down at the uh, Army All-American game. Uh, he was coaching the running back, and he called me one day and said, Man, those two defensive end outside linebackers that we signed, Mikael Williams and Marvin Jones, wow. we can't block them. Wow. <laughs> we can't block them all week. So he was very excited about those two. And I've been, I've watched this kid up close, uh, Darius Smith from Appling. My head coach who coached me at high school, coached him. He also coached Nolan Smith, too. Okay. So he's had his fair share of players yeah. in the Georgia. But I'm really, I saw this guy in person. This He is 
to me, Leonard Floyd 2.0. Um, he's quick. He's agile. He's six six, and I think he'll be able to carry around 250, 260, and I, I think he's going to be the steal of the class. That is really good information. And, boy, it's amazing. You, you, your brother mentioning, uh, obviously, Mikel there and uh, uh, Marvin Jones. In the case of Mikel, Terrence, it just seems like I mean, he was always a big-time prospect. But the way in which he grew as a – you know, his reputation grew over the course of his final moments there before ending his high school career, you know, big performer there at the All-American Bowl, got the national award. It just seemed like, you know, he came on like gangbusters towards the end of the season. That may be a guy in this 2022 class I'm as excited about at Georgia as maybe anybody just for like the the way in which his reputation seemed to grow, seemed to grow late in the process, right? Uh, most best I've watched this him. He he is definitely. I think he's a, a better Malik Heron. Uh That's who I kind of compare him to, but a better version. Uh, man, I, the D line crew that Coach Kirby have have brought in the linebacker crew, the secondary crew, like defensively. Uh, I think this this class, if they develop right, I'm just only looking from their skill set because I don't know about the leadership and all that matters. I think the Kobe Dean leadership was just as good as his overall talent. So leadership wise, if, if these linebackers and these second like these guys are true leaders, their talent is undeniable. And I can see this defense of guys trying to do what the twenty twenty one defense do and they should gonna come in with a chip on the show. Like, let's be better than those guys. And when you when you have tried to compete with something, uh, that only amps your greatness up. So, did a great job. I mean, I, I think this is the best defensive class that Kirby has, has signed ever of any coach in Georgia's history. Has signed this defensive class. Terrence, great stuff. Thank you so much. Remind folks again, speaking of coaching, the great work you're doing, pass-catching targets, receivers, tight ends, everybody else. Uh, you've helped so many guys. You're helping more. So tell us how we can get in touch with you if we want to uh, be better at catching the football. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Terrence Elwood Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, great stuff there. Appreciate that. Let me also remind folks we say goodbye to Terrence. This is our classic city logger. Insider update, obviously always fun to – not classic city lager that happens on monday boy it's been one of those days around here today it's the marlo's tavern insider update i always appreciate marlo's tavern being a part of the program and of course great chance for you to experience all the great things going on at marlo's tavern when you become a member of the marlo's tavern insider club that's always an awesome opportunity because you're gonna get big incentives just for signing up this is like your own personal nil deal when you sign up to be a marlo's tavern insider update as a part of the marlo's tavern insider club you're gonna get ten dollars off of thirty dollars just for signing up that's there at marlo'stavern.com and every time you go and you spend at least fifteen dollars on food and beverages you're gonna earn a qualified visit if you complete four of those visits you're gonna receive a free complimentary entree and a reward up to twenty dollars uh, for your next visit. So uh, when you go, you get those visits, you get the incentive to use on a big entree the next time you come in. That's really good stuff. You also get special offers for your birthday there as well. So it's marlowstavern.com. You can learn all about that. Marlowstavern.com, and you can become a part of the Marlowe's Tavern Insider Club and get big, big incentives and big, big rewards every time you visit the Marlowe's Tavern right there in your neighborhood. Great stuff from Terrence Edwards in the show here today. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Sorry to our friends at Marlowe's Tavern for uh, kind of fumbling that football a little bit, but we are really happy to have them in the program. And, you know, as Terrence was talking, I was reading one of our comments on YouTube. I think that's one of the things that kind of got me distracted there for a moment. Is uh, Paul Moon, one of our commenters, brought up a pretty good point. He said, 
you know, listen, I, I don't like the way in which some people frame the players as divas just because they want to get paid. And I think that's a very fair comment. And like one of the things I do try to be careful about is is hopefully not unfairly painting with a broad brush that every player that's interested in NIL is doing so because he's some sort of selfish guy or some guy. We can bring that down just a little bit if you want to. Uh, that, that he's some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of bad guy. That, that makes him a problem, right? Because unless we all want to get paid, trust me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm no different than that with my own NIL deals, if you will. I mean, everybody, everybody kind of wants to get paid out there. I understand that. But here's the thing, though, that I just feel like the perspective of age has has given me, and I know this going to sound corny to some people, but but I really truly believe this is true. Like, if you take the kind of expertise that you can get, if, take the Georgia coaching staff out of this room. Let's just use a different program somewhere else, Big State, you somewhere else. The kinds of multi-million dollar coaches that are employed by these programs, the reason why they command that kind of money is because they have climbed the ladder of success. That this is a hierarchy built on competence. And we see the guys at the top end of this, but we don't see the bottom end of this very much of there are guys who are falling out of the coaching ranks all the time. And once they lose their head coaching job, they don't get back in. Sometimes they do, but not everybody does. They go become insurance agents or, or, or whatever else. They Nothing wrong with being an insurance agent, of course. But my point is, is there are a lot of people who fall out of the ranks of coaching and have to go do something else. And it is a, it is a hierarchy that moves some people to the top and moves some people out. It's just kind of a, uh, a tough business in that regard and so if you climb to the top of that coaching hierarchy your expertise your success is rewarded financially which means that the players that come into those programs get a chance to learn from that they get a chance to gain that knowledge to set them up for more success in their next endeavor for many of these guys it's going to be the nfl and so i just believe that the value of coaching expertise that you get at the college level is is worth more than the average NIL payment's going to be. We're going to get more into some of this conversation in a moment. But I ultimately think that's what it is, that you're not necessarily a diva if you want NIL payments, but you are short-sighted if you're more concerned about NIL than the mentorship, leadership, guidance you're going to get from your coaching staff. Because if you want to be the best version of yourself post-college, and as my pastor says a lot, later is longer, if you want to if you want to be set up for success over the long haul in your life, leaning into that chance to learn at the college level is far more important than leaning into that payment that you're going to get. I'm not saying that these guys, you know, shouldn't go out and get what they can get, but but I do believe there is a more valuable opportunity for them in most cases than just what they're going to get from a name, image, likeness standpoint. Uh, we'll get into what some of the other coaches have said about this in a moment. Before that, though, let me remind you that we are cruising around the SEC right now, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Man, sometimes I just sort of feel like I need a vacation, just to be completely honest with you. And I can't wait to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship coming up very soon. I've got my own Royal Caribbean cruise uh, planned here, which I'm really excited about. And, of course, you can book yours there, too. And we got big things happening with Royal Caribbean here in the upcoming year, which I just am thrilled about. So we talk Royal Caribbean cruise vacations. We talk about, you know, great destinations like the private island, Perfect Day, Coco Cay. We talk about all the really cool stuff that's uh, going on. But we also talk about the exciting things happening on board the ships there as well. The Lime and Coconut, really cool bar. They got so many great bars and lounges. And you get the Bionic Bar where you have, like, the robot kind of making the drink for you. This is – it's just a real 
really amazing experience all the fun things you get to do on board a royal caribbean cruise ship so i want you to take a royal caribbean cruise vacation and i want you to use my friends of the cruise and vacation authority to help you get that book tcava.com that's tcava.com they'll get that for you also you can give a call 770-952-8300 that's 770-952-8300 and uh find out what i know uh that royal caribbean man it is a fun way to be on the seas and in 2022 some big things are going to be going down there so we did this for yesterday on sec country live and i want to bring it back here today so nick saban alabama coach was interviewed at espn.com and the subject of name image likeness came up and in this particular interview saban just didn't really hold back at all expressing some very big concerns related to all of this let me read you this on the screen here nick saban from uh yesterday sec country live uh we may not have that but um Saban uh, speaking yesterday, just expressing some concerns about the way in which all this is being used, basically saying that they never really paid for um, any recruits, that uh, this is not what they got into the college football for it to be. Don't, we don't have to worry about that. We'll hear Lane Kevin on this in a moment. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, but Saban kind of really went pretty hard into all of this there at uh, ESPN.com. And it was very eye-opening just how much all of this seemed to be a little bit of a subtweet of – uh, Jimbo Fisher and the rumored way in which A&M had leaned on name image likeness stuff to to produce the number one class in the country basically saving almost crying poor saying we don't have this kind of money we can't be throwing this kind of money around we can't be doing that and saban's statement to espn.com was very similar at least in the same vein of something that old miss coach lane kiffin said this week when he did a press conference where instead of kind of touting his high school class high school signees touted a bunch of transfers to the program obviously jackson dart former usc quarterback zach evans the former tc running back also former five-star coming out of high school one time uh georgia guy but you know eventually was on the move over to tcu that Lane Kiffin introduced a lot of these transfers to the program and kind of got into what he sees as just the challenge of high school football recruiting right now. You've, if you're going to hear you know, Nick Saban kind of playing the poor mouth game, Lane Kiffin definitely did that yesterday. We do have this for you. Take a listen to that. don't have the same you know, funding resources as, as some of these schools do you know, to, for these NIL deals. And so it's basically like dealing with different salary caps. We now have a sport that has completely different salary caps and some of these schools are you know whatever five ten times more than everybody else of what they can pay the players so i know nobody uses those phrases but that is what it is so i joked the other day i didn't know if texas a&m was going to occur a luxury tax you know and um how much they paid for their signing class you know in free agency in the nfl players usually go to the most money every once in a while they they don't because they already have a bunch of money. Well, these kids are 17, 18 years old. They're going to go to where they're paid the most. So I'm not complaining. It just is what it is. It's a Whenever there's things created, there's a lot of times problems people didn't think about. Um, you know, and so you just legalize paying players what people used to cheat. So that was Lane Kiffin, you know, Nick Saban saying some of the things to ESPN.com and all of this got Texas A&M coach Jimbo Fisher very fired up. And I played some of this for you before in connection to what Kirby Smart had said, but I saved a portion of what Jimbo Fisher said. And this is probably the most fiery version of that because this is directed like right at Nick Saban. Saban saying some of the same things that Lane Kiffin did and others. I mean, Jimbo Fisher 
really went off in the direction of Saban. And there is an aspect of what of what Fisher says here that I think is just undeniably true. Now, you may not like Fisher and you may not like the impact that Fisher's alleged NIL activity, the impact that's had on recruiting for this 2022 cycle. But what Fisher says here about Nick Saban, I just believe is undeniably true. So let me let, 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 me let you hear that as a retort and a response to all of this. Uh, here's Jimbo Fisher again. It's funny. When Nick Saban said his quarterback got an $800,000 deal, it was wonderful. Now it ain't wonderful no more, huh? But ours, at ours, we ain't got that. Ours are on record what comes up. We ain't doing all them big deals. There ain't none on our place we know of. That's funny when you do it. The hypocrisy is a joke. It's an absolute joke, and it's insulting to, uh, to our staff, how hard we work, to how we do things, and it's insulting to Texas A&M because there ain't a better place to go to school and play ball. If you don't like it, we're coming on. Get used to it. All right, we ain't going nowhere. It, it, it's it's an absolute joke. The people who put the hard work in and do it. It's irresponsible. But it's funny when they get it, it's all okay. Ball games are changing, man. And it ain't because of nil and what goes on. It's pretty irresponsible of all of them. They're clowns. We'll go next. If they got a problem with it? Come see me. I ain't a hard guy to find. It's like a wrestling promo and. I joke with our video audience before the show began. And listen, for the most part, I like Jimbo. For the most part, I think he's a pretty good coach. I I, I seem to like him more than some of y'all do. Um, but when Jimbo says at the end of that clip there that we ain't going nowhere, it's a callback to what Kirby Smart said at the end of the 2017 season. That's audio we actually played for you earlier this week on the show. What does Jimbo mean when he says we ain't going nowhere? You haven't been anywhere. Like, a number one class alone is nothing. You know, Georgia had the number one class in 2018, now eventually won the national championship. But how many five stars off that class never materialized at all? I mean, Justin Fields, Cade Mays, uh, uh, Brenton Cox, on and on you go. Five-star guys from that class just almost disappeared from Georgia, vanished into thin air before they had a chance to do anything. And Kirby Smart, to his credit, did not take any credit for the number one class in 2018. He said at the time, I'd much rather be number one on the field than number one in recruiting. He didn't pat himself on the back for that. But Jimbo almost comes across right there as if he's like, hey, look at me. We put the number one class together. We ain't going anywhere. You haven't been anywhere yet. You had a top five team in 2018, but you don't get, or I should say in 2020, but you don't get to hang a banner for that. You know, just being ranked in the top 10, that's not anything. You didn't follow that up with anything on the field here this year. And by the way, it's not just the 2018 class from Georgia of these historic, highly rated recruiting classes that's been a little bit of a disappointment. Florida in 2010 is an example of that too. That's one of those classes that commonly gets cited as among the best of all time. But look what happened in the aftermath of all that. Urban Meyer gone. Will Muschamp never really uh, enjoyed the kind of success that you would expect to enjoy with that kind of talent in the program. And the rest was kind of unfortunately a, a pretty negative history for Florida on the heels of all that. So if you're Jimbo, be very, very careful patting yourself on the back too much for having a number one recruiting class. Because while recruiting matters and the stars that you get in recruiting are critically important, they are not always a prophecy of eventual success. Let's just be fair about that. However, the other thing that Fisher says there is to me the most important. Like, I am so glad he called out Nick Saban for Saban's poor mouthing you know, on this notion that, you know, oh, we can't do anything to compete with these NIL deals. They're getting the best players. We can't do anything about that. When Nick Saban is the guy that started all of this, going to that rubber chicken circuit in Texas and bragging about getting a million dollar deal or whatever for Bryce Young, like that is as big of a problem as anything that's gone on here with Jimbo Fisher because I have sort of a suspicion 
that Nick Saban was lying about that. I have a suspicion that Saban was at the very least greatly exaggerating the money that Bryce Young was going to make, but he thought he was cute for doing it because he thought he was setting a situation in place where he would be the one to take the most advantage of the NIL situation. That's not what's happening right now. It appears to be NIL. It appears to be A&M. All these abbreviations are very hard to keep up with. But Saban thought he was going to be cute and smart by talking about the money that uh, Bryce Young was supposedly making. And all of a sudden now when Texas A&M actually seems to have outdone Alabama from the perspective of these you know, payments to players, all of a sudden now Saban's like, we can't afford to keep up. Well, hold on. How is it true that you can pay a quarterback or at least facilitate a payment for a quarterback of a million dollars, but you can't pay anybody else anything? I'm telling you right now, I think Jimbo's lying. I think Saban's lying. I think Lane Kiffin's lying. I think everybody's lying on this topic. We told you the reason why Jimbo might be lying because it's against state law in most states to 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 pay for play even if you don't think that should be the case that's the way the laws are written right now so he has a reason to lie lane kiffin's got a reason to lie because he's a lazy recruiter i mean lane kiffin is just a lazy recruiter and so it's way easier just to say hey we can't compete in recruiting because we can't pay players therefore i can go whatever it is that lane kiffin does on his free time uh you know nick saban obviously wants to try to you know finagle every advantage that he can so he's got a, a motivation to lie here too i've never seen a topic in conversation in college football like this where it seems like more people are talking about it and there is so little truth being kicked around as i said a little earlier in the show at some point in time my hope is to really get some tangible factual re- reporting on what did A&M do to get the number one class? What are they doing to potentially win with a guy like LT Overton, who we began the show by talking about? And, you know, what can schools like Alabama, Ole Miss, and the coaches we just heard from, what can they do to, to counteract with all of this? It is, it is an amazing time right now where everybody's talking. My assumption is almost everyone is lying, and I'm not quite sure where all of this goes next. Here's one thing I do know. Right now, I could use myself a finished long drink. After a conversation like this, and as intense as it can somewhat get, sometimes the finished long drink just goes to make everything just feel a a little bit better. We're coming up on the uh, international games taking place again. Of course, that's kind of the origin story for uh, the finished long drink there as well. Going back to the 1950s in Helsinki when the summer games were there, that is when uh, the finished long drink got started. It's actually kind of a cool story about how it all came to be. Been popular in Europe for a long time, especially there in Finland, now in the United States of America, and even the last little bit in the state of Georgia as well. So many of you have tried it. If you haven't, go to thelongdrink.com and you can find out where you can pick some up. Whether it's the traditional, the blue can, the which has kind of a grapefruit flavor to go with the gin kick, long drink zero, zero carb, zero sugar, long drink strong, eight and a half percent alcohol by volume, long drink cranberry, whatever you're kind of thinking about here, which variety you think works for you, uh, I, I think you'll be very happy. In fact, if you're not really quite sure which one you want to try, go and get yourself the eight can variety pack. That's four different varieties, two cans of each variety. You can just kind of enjoy the whole thing. Share some with your neighbors or keep it all for yourself. It's not really my business. You can do what you want. The point is longdrink.com, thelongdrink.com. Put in your zip code, golf courses, bars, beverage stores, so many great places to enjoy it. And I hope you will enjoy some today. So a lot of you on Twitter were hoping that we would do this today. So being the kind of guy that plays the hits, I will. Let me show you a couple of examples of this of folks who wanted to make sure I was aware of how one of the craziest, oddest recruiting stories that we kind of had a little bit of a bad ending for the guy involved. Let me show you on the screen here a couple of folks who kind of pointed this out. 
So uh, Jermaine King uh, shared this. Byron Robinson shared this there as well. Please mention on Thursday that the recruit that Brian Kelly was grinding with, and that's not too strong a word to use, unfortunately, actually committed to Alabama instead of uh, LSU. Let me show you what uh, Jermaine and the folks are talking about here. So this is a, a PFF College shared this. Danny Lewis is a tight end out of Louisiana. That's the recruit that Brian Kelly was all up on going back to uh, the dancing video that we showed you. And yes, uh, Lewis yesterday did go to Alabama. So a lot of views for the video, a lot of jokes coming Brian Kelly's way, but does not get the recruiting question. By the way, Gator Hater Updater, about 4,774 days. Long title drought for the poverty program that is Florida. And they take another loss to these dogs coming up as well. Gator Hater Countdown, about 268 days. We'll see you tomorrow, Dog Nation Daily presented by Merriweather and Tharp. And on the podcast, I'm now for the R.S. Andrews podcast cooldown. I was saying this to the video audience a moment ago that, you know, on a show like this, we've always talked about, hey, you know, we're a show for Georgia Bulldogs fans and that for the most part, we're going to have a similar perspective on a lot of things. But when it comes to like a hot topic today, like name image likeness, how it might be impacting LT Overton and his decision, how it did impact the rest of the 2022 class, there's going to be a little bit of a divide there in terms of, you know, how much you want Georgia to embrace this. Some people want Georgia to embrace it fully, wholly. They want Kirby to, to push for it more than maybe he has in the past. And I think other folks, and admittedly, I'm probably a little bit more in this camp, this variety of, hey, I want Georgia to do the bare minimum of whatever it has to do. I mean, the acceptable amount of NIL involvement is not going to be zero, unfortunately. You're going to have to play that game a bit. But I don't want Georgia to play that game much more than it has to. And yet I'm also going to be respectful of folks who uh, see it differently. And there are there are some folks who think, yeah, good, you know, let's get these players, you know, as many of these kinds of payments as we can get. And let's do all that kind of stuff. And I think that's an appropriate conversation. And in in this portion of the show, podcast, cool down, things like that, I hope that we're able to do that. So uh, share me your thoughts and with me your thoughts and we'll read plenty about that. Uh, also, as I said before, R.S. Andrews, find them online, rsandrews.com. Uh, get your heating system tuned back up to factory fresh specs. R.S. Andrews can do that for you. It's just $99. Uh, Georgia on tap on Twitter weighing in on what Terrence Edwards said today. And I hope you heard this. But his brother Robert working as a coach, the All-American Bowl, and the fact that his guys, he said, could not block what Mikael Williams and Marvin Jones Jr. were doing. Boy, that's a great, great endorsement from Robert. Terrific coach. And you love to hear about that. And it's so exciting to see these new you know, edge rusher like Jones, defensive lineman type guy like uh, Mikhail Williams, just a great addition to the Georgia program. I think that's really great to see. And I'm glad Georgia on tap enjoyed that. Hope many of you did there as well. Georgia Caesar asked a couple of interesting questions. He says, how does the transfer portal work? If you declare, is your scholarship revoked as soon as possible or, or, or is it good through the end of the current year? If not selected, do you stay on your current team's roles? Can you play with your current team? So you can play in the transfer portal. Uh, Robert Beal did that in the bowl game a year ago, I think, um, in, in 2020. He, he, he did that. Other guys have done this there as well. You have, I think Florida had a handful of players who played in their bowl game while in the transfer portal, that you can go into the portal and, at least by rule, you can come back out. Now, there are some programs, I don't believe that Georgia's done this, but there are some programs who have told players that if you do go in the transfer portal, we are going to revoke your scholarship. At that point in time, we're going to see consider you as gone. But um, most schools probably haven't done that. Now, there are, in some cases, maybe schools that choose not to try to re-recruit the players that enter the portal, and that's some of the ones who probably end up not really finding a home. But by rule, you can't enter and come back out. And 
sometimes that does happen. Robert Beale, as I said before, is an example of that for Georgia. And as far as how all of this goes together for scholarships, the issue always comes down to how many guys do you have currently enrolled you know, in school at any one point in time? You, know, you can only have 85 at any, at any one point. And so um, – you know, it kind of you know comes to that kind of part on the calendar of, you know, uh, when do you leave and when you leave that kind of opens things up. Although it's still a little bit complicated as to exactly when that that next scholarship becomes available for somebody else to uh, you know to take advantage of. But ultimately, it's about you know how many guys you have enrolled at any one point in time. That's where the hard eighty five number comes in. And he also asked the question about players readying for the NFL draft. Do they stay on campus if they're not graduates yet? Do they use uh, facilities or they all leave and go with private trainers? At this point in time, most NFL prospects will go train privately somewhere. And you'll see them on social media doing that. They'll return back to Athens for a pro day situation. But most guys will do their training somewhere else. They'll just get the individualized work. And that's become pretty common across the board. They may still you know, be back in Athens some and getting some some work in there but for the most part the the real specific training because a lot of the way in which you you know get a better 40 time or a better shuttle run time or some of these things that the scouts are looking for a lot of that really is related to technique that there there's a certain technique to doing that like a fast player and a fast player who runs the fastest time some of y'all have a track background you understand this the fastest time is ultimately sometimes determined by the technique with which you run and so those kind of specified training regimens are oftentimes what lead to that. Those are really good questions. Thanks for being here for our podcast, Cool Down Today. Appreciate that. As I said before, I invite you to weigh in on anything that we discuss here on the show or anything else that might be on your mind. And we'll look forward to having these comments with you again tomorrow. It's our R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down, online at rsandrews.com. If your water heater goes out, in many cases, R.S. Andrews can replace it the same day. Those are the kinds of plumbing issues they deal with. So find them at rsandrews.com. Have a great day. We'll look forward to seeing all of you tomorrow back here for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp.